0: Welcome to this month's edition of Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is a once-a-month show with Father Paul Rutton, pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutton, pastor of the Harrisburg Catholic Community, and Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Catholic Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice. Rutten Radio can also be watched by going to lambradio.com. Rutten Radio is being brought to you in part by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. Join us now for a little faith, family, and frivolity as we go live to the studios with Rutten Radio.
1: Good
0: morning,
1: Sioux Falls and beyond.
2: And Merry Christmas.
1: And Merry Christmas. How are we doing, Father John?
2: I'm doing really well, actually. It's kind of good to uh, come into the... Uh, studio 15 minutes early get
1: all set up <laughs> yeah, you know get my need. computer okay, plugged just what, in. what we need more time to not get organized like oh come on let's if Yeah, there's yeah. more time it just means there's more crap yeah we're trying to organize <laughs> I'm <It's still> seven <laughs> o'clock the kids are not yet <laughs> i still don't have together what i need to have together
2: because i never looked at the agenda this morning when i woke of up course, early
1: of course that would be what we were supposed to do Well, from coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio, a show devoted to bringing you conversations of faith, family, and the festivities of the Brothers Rutten. I'm your host, Joe Rutten, director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute and Faculty of Theology at Mount Marty College down on the beautiful Missouri River in Yankton, South Dakota. And joining me, as always, is my twin brother, Father John. Pastor of, I don't think I can say. it Can I say the Catholic Church, or do I need to say the Catholic Church community of Harrisburg? The Catholic community of Harrisburg. Good to see you as always. Someday
2: soon we'll have a name,
1: and uh, we're we're absent. A brother's rutten. Yeah. Where's Father Paul at? Um, mm, I, I don't uh, not he's even. He's playing hooky,
2: I guess. Playing hooky. Yeah.
1: Last last month it was me. I had a decent excuse last month though.
2: Which was that? You um, were...
1: I had a, had another brought another baby into this world. Oh, that's I should right! Say my wife brought another baby into this world. <laughs> I gave her good support, yes. And uh, we welcomed Nicholas Joseph into the world uh, at eight pounds, weighing in at eight pounds zero ounces. Uh, healthy boy. Everybody's good. So, so number
2: three, does he look like the other two?
1: You know what? Um, I don't know if I said it about the other two. They all kind of look a little bit like their dad for better for worse but the other day i looked for worse oh i mean for better (laughs) yeah when you're the twin you better not be throwing stones because they all kind of look like me yeah (laughs) in some conversations that's not the area we want to go yeah sorry uh mm, never mind but (laughs) anyway on to uh Greater and grander things so yeah Nicholas uh, <laughs> hanging out <laughs> John just realized I think and just about spit out his coffee when he, uh, so Nicholas is uh, at home and doing great but of all three boys Leo uh, Vincent and Nicholas the other day I looked at Nicholas and I thought man he looks a lot like me and he, oh. <laughs> and even my wife after about an hour of contemplation wives are men and women are different trust me so oh i catch my wife more than certainly more than i do gazing Mm. at nicholas and so after maybe a you know what was a five minute gaze but i'll make it a good irish story and say she gazed at him for an hour uh she looked she kind of said he does look like you Mm. um and so so i even got my wife's support on that but yeah so no nicholas is great the three boys are awesome christmas is great father paul's not here i'm sure he has a great excuse it certainly is not the birth of a child no or at least not his you know we got
2: a lot of a lot to live up to
1: without father paul yeah
2: let well no
1: yeah well oh you mean mean without me yeah last week last last month's show was kind of dynamite oh you guys might not need me who's leading the way you yeah i think i i have a couple of uh hypotheses why (laughs) this is going to be good listen if you're out there listening and you're not dialed into the tv deal here right (laughs) you can watch this stuff go on uh and you can see us hang out with our you know fabulous attire and our rutten radio shirts on and all that fun stuff all you have to do is go to uh either our facebook uh, page rutten radio or to the lamb radio webpage lamb catholic radio webpage just dial it up on your google search and there will be a live stream click into that and you can watch this live as you get ready for work in the morning or obviously if you're listening to us then you're dialed in right uh but you if you're dialed in by traditional radio you can also have your app on your phone which is fantastic you can just go wherever you're at uh so get that dialed up on on your uh i device and father paul um Although you're not here with us, I'm sure you're listening in. I do not doubt that. Uh, I will try and do my best yeah. to bring contribute enough of God's given talents to make this month's show, in his absence, uh, as good as last month's was without me. But maybe that just means I'm the problem and you guys just need to take this thing over. Do you want to know what my thought is? <laughs> So, we'll get to the hypotheses on why the radio show was so good last month without Joe. But I think that we should talk about this Christmas present that's on our desk
2: first. Yeah, great. What do you got here, Father John? Well, you know, people kind of like us. (laughs) <laughs> surprise <laughs> yeah. surprise no but, arrogance in that <laughs> statement no people like people wanted to get us a christmas gift oh oh somebody for got the us brothers this. yeah yep. this is a yeah, christmas yeah, yeah, yeah. gift so for this is, yeah us. yeah so uh and it is still christmas so i figured it was an appropriate time uh to come right. so we're Peace gonna open this up i'll let you uh i'll be i'll, well, I'll let you go great fresh. yeah dive your hand in there right. and pick out a gift
1: Here's there's what, one for each of us. If you're watching, this is what I always do with little kids. I love watching little kids. Little kids, right? You gotta get engaged in oh, your yeah. imagination. You always gotta dive in. <laughs> <Ready>? <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's big. What is it? Yeah, is it blue? is big. I mean there's like there's like styrof- it's what is this? There's a candy cane in it. Got ourselves a little candy cane here. It's Christmas time. That's all. Mm. Wow, they got these things wedged in. Mega mug. Oh, it's a Rotten Radio mug. <laughs> oh, come on now. Check this out. Woo, baby. Oh, Oh, and they're nice big ones, too. Big ones. Fit a lot of Check coffee. out. <laughs> rotten Radio mugs. Oh, this is sweet. Who got it for us? This comes from... <laughs> <clears throat>
2: are yanktonites no yes do you remember the picture last month of (laughs) you weren't here but maybe you saw it online of the ladies who all had their mugs oh yeah uh Mm -hmm. in that photograph so they gave us shauna reardon is one of those people and the reardons i believe if i look at this shauna reardon uh thought that our mugs were pretty beautiful <laughs> so oh, for Lord everyone that wants to uh, wake up in the morning and what? look at our mugs, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you now can do so at Cafe Press uh, backslash Rutten Radio. You'll find it on the Facebook page well, for I'm Rutten Radio, out right and you could wake up every day.
1: Yeah, let's change. It's our- a challenge <clears throat> flipping stuff out of a coffee mug, though. Yeah, and then oh, you yeah, it running down the... So, thank you very
2: much, Shauna Reardon, and cheers. Uh, cheers to Rutten Radio. To Rotten Radio. Merry
1: Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> We're cheersing hot coffee at the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
3: love
1: it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So,
2: well. All right. There we go. Sorry to. I. I that was a total surprise, everybody, and. Yeah, it's we a did good thing I don't well. have
1: OCD, all right. You're running yeah. around and saying, uh, what are we going to do? <clears throat> when are we doing this? Um,
2: so speaking of that, if I can take over one second. Somebody it's your asked show. For it's your another. show. i <laughs> yeah. just here. So yeah. this is actually the hypothesis. The hypothesis for why last month's show was so great, it may not have been objectively better than any of the others. Or it might have been. But. It was... Certainly, though, one for me, and this is the reason. Without you, I had to take seriously what we're doing. <laughs> but with you, I'm kind of like, oh, Joe's going to run the show, and then I don't. Like, I'm not as engaged. But because I knew, I was like, it's only Paul or I. If if this fails, like people are going to know. Paul's Paul always knows what he's doing. Paul always is in charge. Me though, like I can kind of. I'm hot, cold. Some days I can be totally with it, and then I just totally disappoint people. And so it was kind of reminding yeah, me. Yeah,
1: I, I watch you during the shows, and as I observe, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas, everything begins with observation, right? He hmm. always says, I observe that. Uh, if you're not, uh, if you're out there and you haven't read Thomas Aquinas' the Summa Theologia, check it out. <laughs> and if and it, when you're
2: ready to quit, call one of us yeah. and we'll help you. <laughs> um,
1: so, But you're always over there doing a million things, and it's an art. Communication is an art while you're trying to also stay focused on something else. Like right now, yes. as you do something in your head, you're listening, but you're not organizing what's next. You're not thinking about, oh, the agenda. And so you have the freedom. Now, with that freedom, this is a good life lesson, right? With that freedom comes responsibilities and discipline of staying engaged and following along. But this is why they say that. The best way to learn is to teach. Hmm. Um, it 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 forces a an independence of thought and knowledge and capability and skill. If you can teach it, you've internalized it. Hmm. Um, and so, as a follower, you know that's why it's. You know, I've tried to remember all the, uh, as much as I can. As a follower, it's easy to complain. It's easy to grumble. It's easy to murmur. I love the word murmur. That's what the Bible always uses to talk about the Israelites in the desert and the pains in the butt that are in the New Testament. Uh, Murmuring, right? Because, well, you don't have the responsibility that the leader does. But anyway, that's an interesting insight. I thought you were kicking me off the show. I thought you were running me out of town. I thought you didn't need me. No, no. Oh,
2: man. (laughs) It was like apparent that I need you. But it also made me realize I need to take seriously my part, because mm-hmm. if I can add that much more, you could add that much more, we could have just dynamite. dynamite.
1: Man, I love that word dynamite. <laughs> if you haven't seen Father Barron, I saw Father Barron speaking of uh, uh, dynamite. Um, I first learned the word from Father Barron on his Catholicism series uh, where he talks about dynamus, and, d- and, and dynamus is what they they would call the gospel. The gospel is dynamus. It's explosive. It's dynamite. And I thought that's a great way of describing the gospel because what we lack today is, is, is a gospel that's dynamic, right? A gospel that actually engages us. A, guy, a, a gospel that when it, when it, we encounter it, it explodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, gosh, we're just boring, <laughs> boring our people to death, <laughs> I know, to I know. death. And then we want to be like, oh, there's 6,000 reasons why. Well, yes, there are a lot of reasons why people are leaving the church and not practicing any faith at all. The rise of the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, and all of this. And I say, well, let's just start with this whole thing as boring as all get out. How's that for starters? Try being an entertainer, which is going to lead us into stick around later because we've got a great movie of the month conversation Uh, coming up. My favorite number one thing about it was that it was, like, totally awesome (laughs) and, like, wonderful, and you wanted to be there, and you want to see what's next. And So how can we bring that to our faith? Well, I've got an idea about how we can connect the movie of the month maybe to our Catholic faith, but we'll stick around here as we come up and i think we'll jump into a little bit of a break as we come back we'll have a great great conversation well first we want to catch up with what father john and Father Paul isn't here, but last month we have an update from him. He's actually with us by by electronic spirit God, love you, Father Paul. He got all of the electronic capability in the family. I'm certain of it. (laughs) Because I I have zero. And I do too. I'm trying to figure something out on Facebook,
2: and I'm about ready to explode.
1: Shout out to Brian Cooper. Cooper always looks at me. He's my tech guru that I call. And he's just like shakes his head like, this is so elementary, Watson. (laughs) So elementary. Cooper, that's a shout-out. God love you. We'll be right back here on Rutten Radio at Lamb Catholic Radio Studios in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. When I was 12 or 13, I started drinking occasionally and, and smoking
3: marijuana daily. By the time I was 14, I was trying other things, pills and hallucinogens like mushrooms and acid. When I was 16 is when I started on meth. I'm Troy. I'm from Iowa. By the time I was 18, I was in prison. I robbed the drug dealer. It was a drug deal gone bad. Ended up spending five years of my life in prison. Meth was a recreational thing on the weekends, still smoking pot on a daily basis, getting my new business up and going. It started to be more than just a weekend thing. It ended up being a daily thing where I just had to survive off of it. My meth use had caused me into buying quantities of it, which caused the cops to follow me around and drive by my house, they were watching me. When you know it's time to quit, but you don't know how to begin, Call Tallgrass at 605-368-5559.
4: You'll get your life back, and one you never dreamed was possible. My name is Dr. Matt Hayes. I'm a orthopedic radiologist at Stanford Health. I completed my undergraduate degree at Mount Marty College. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, I was welcomed with open arms. I would give high school students the following advice. I wouldn't overlook a smaller school, and a small school allows you to excel
1: individually. One of the things that led me to excel was having professors that know every student's name. They personally know you. The professors truly judge their success by the success of their students. The ability of the professors to instill in them a desire to lifelong learn, community, and above all, faith. Mount Marty does this better than any school in South Dakota. There's
4: a lot of professors that can teach, but there's only so few that can motivate you to go above and beyond what you even
1: thought possible. Mount Marty College will instill in you an unshakable sense of faith that will allow you to lead and serve in your future and in your career.
0: We can't broadcast the good news without you. Go to lambradio.com and find out how you can be a part of Lamb Catholic Radio. And now back to this month's edition of Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is being brought to you in part by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. And now back to the show.
1: How we doing, everybody? I'm sitting here at the studios of Lamb Catholic Radio with my Rutten Radio mug, staring at my own face. This is uh, kind of fun. Yeah, well, we got we so- got we got real gear out there now. This is I real know. swag. <laughs> we can start offering <laughs> swag bags. <laughs> i've always been like swag bags this is stupidest thing now here i am selling
2: swag bags so you can find this stuff on cafe press Rutten radio and what surprised me is you can get almost anything with a logo on it huh and we just went through and selected some of the certain ones so over time maybe we'll be able to offer a swag bag well i'll
1: tell you this i'm a coffee drinker i love my coffee and there is a key to coffee drinking one not messing around with these little stinking cups that are like for tea drinkers or something. Like, <laughs> yes, come on. Tr- if you're going to drink a cup of coffee, have a real mug. And this is a good-sized mug right here. Not too big, not too small. I mean, you don't want to be walking around with a goblet, but <laughs> 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 But this <laughs> is a good mug. It right is. So and I'm you know in what's the-
2: interesting is uh every time I um, talk about how amazing our mugs are I want to say, did you get the pun? <laughs> <laughs> it takes everything in me to let the person that hears it come to the amazing pun that you could have every morning. And the
1: hardest s- part is when they don't. <laughs> and You want to be like, with three seconds later, did, 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 did you get, get it? it? <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Alright, let's move on. We got a lot to talk about today. We've got uh, we've got News and notes. What's going on today? What's up in the Vatican? We've got the liturgical calendar. We want to talk a little bit about Christmas here. We got, we you know, this Christmas season is. Filled. i always you know the song uh oh when the saints go marching in oh, like i always want to say marching. oh when the feasts go marching by oh when the feasts go marching by oh, because there's so yeah, much they're happening just littered yeah. through yeah, the christmas just, season every day you're like oh today it's the feast of saint stephen yeah. oh and tomorrow's john and then the holy Innocents, like just one after another i think the whole little season of christmas there's only a day or two where it's not Somebody or something, you know. So anyway, we'll we'll have a little conversation about the liturgical calendar and the great feasts of Christmas. And then we'll follow it up with the Great Showman, or the Greatest Showmaner, movie of the month review. And I'm telling you, John, people out there are excited to hear the amateur critique of what the Rutten Brothers had to say about Oh, I'm certain of it. (laughs) Certain, right? Isn't that why they listen? (laughs) Yeah. It's a wonderful movie. If you haven't seen it, just a heads up, we're going to start talking yeah. about it. We might ruin it for you, but we don't want you to not listen. So I don't know. There's a little give and take. You're going to have to make a decision. I would but say it's, a it's one of those movie. movies, though. That it won't ruin You can't ruin it. It's a good ending. Yeah. So yeah. as I think more of them should be or all of them should be. All righty. So what have you been up to in the, uh, oh, I don't know. Let's say the last month. I haven't seen you for like two months. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to? I had a kid. What have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing?
2: Well, I was sick for ten days. Ouch! Over yeah. Christmas. And try, yeah, try Ooh. that for, for size,
1: Being sick coming up to Christmas. Well, uh, I bet you're lucky that by, you're at Harrisburg though, and not a tr- regular. Yeah, full, it was helpful.
2: I could have uh, made it work. I had to cancel Mass a couple of days or one day uh, mm-hmm. during the week, but I got just enough better by Saturday and it was one of those if you've had this sickness out there you sort of get better and you think you're doing well and you're going at it and I'm working a little doing here and then all of a sudden bam <laughs> and you know where I was when it happened Ooh, um at mass close in the confessional
1: oh no
2: yeah, after about the third penitent coming in, as they were departing, I was like, uh, "Excuse me, could you tell the next person they're going to need to go to another line?" <laughs> and then I marched right no into the sacristy. Yeah, oh, I bet they were all like, "Oh!" Because you up, can't like,
1: there's no like secret door in and out of the confessionals <laughs> no, either, right? No, no. you got to go out basically. You got to go same, out. And everybody's to see the door right see. next door. Yep.
2: Where's Father going? Why is he gone so long? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So then, after it was, yeah, no, after that, I kind of felt better. You know, the so flu what do you bug. do? Was it the flu all bug? The way home? No, it wasn't the flu bug. But I think what happened was, not that people need to know this, but I think I took some medication on an empty stomach, trying oh, to get yeah. better, and it sort
1: of. Then you probably had a cup then, of coffee on top of it. That always helps. <laughs> I think actually it was the,
2: like the least I drank coffee in a long time. I was really, uh, but you just lose a lot of energy. So anyway, so that's what I've been up to primarily. But leading into Christmas in Harrisburg, we had our first Christmas together. Uh, and, you know, the Advent Christmas thing was really complicated. Uh, or not complicated for us, but, you know, there's so many things for us. We have to go to the Harrisburg High School for one of the masses. We do the office and chapel mass for one of them. We do the Shalom Lutheran lets us use their church for another one. So it's uh, it was a lot of work. But Paul good turnouts helps us kind of keep everything in order. And we got a lot of good people that helped. Yeah, great turnouts. I was a little nervous. We're a pretty young pair, so I was nervous everybody was going to go to their family. A lot of people brought their family
5: to Harrisburg. to Harrisburg.
2: And then the Advent Christmas thing actually worked to our benefit because people would, could come to the Advent Mass with oh, us. Yes. And then they say, hey, Father, we're going to go to Holy Spirit for Christmas Mass. And they could kind of do both. Yep. Or they'd come to Christ Advent at Holy Spirit and Christmas for us or St. Michael's. Because for the most part,
1: you're dealing with families that their travel for the holiday is three miles down the road to Grandma's. Yeah. Exactly, or and so that's kind of nice. Well, yeah, I didn't really yeah. think about that. So
2: that's what I've been up to. Well, what wonderful. you, been up to? Um, you know, maybe, I obviously. work,
1: kids. Um, what's, what have I been the up to?
2: Coolest thing you're doing at Mount Marty right now? Mount Marty.
1: The coolest thing, you know, or
2: what are you excited about right now that you're doing there?
1: For me, I think it's uh, it's it's the excitement of being a part of the renewal of anything i i'm a i'm a i'd rather be a part of an institution in renewal than an institution that's on the top of the mountains you know just oh. moving away i'd much rather be a part of a rebuild than uh, than sitting on top of the mountain mm-hmm. i guess i don't maybe it's the gifts the lord's given me that i am mm-hmm. i i don't it's interesting i i don't even always consider myself the person of excellence Like, I'm not the great scholar that, you know, I tried getting a job one time in academics and like 300 people applied for the job. I'm like, how am I going to compete with that? Like, these guys speak Greek and Latin, or, you know, they can read and write in Greek and Latin and Hebrew and... I, you know my, my wife can't, is, my sometimes wife,
2: i can't even understand you in english
1: my wife's constantly critiquing my facebook posts in english like i can't even you know i'm not even a master of the english language so anyway um, but my gifts are more on vision and passion and those are gifts that are better um, brought to the table um from the bottom yeah and not necessarily when a places on top and so that that's exciting I I would say here's what I love the most if you're out there listening you got kids in high school whatever come visit but I literally uh treat the the recruiting of kids to Mount Marty like football I used to I still follow Notre Dame football extensively and um I love knowing who's next who's the next great quarterback and all this well you know they recruit these kids at a ridiculous age anymore for college athletics at that level yeah exactly and so you can follow these recruiting websites online mm. for like ten bucks a month. You can get a subscription and follow who they're trying to find and go get. And I thought, you know what? I'm using that for Mount Marty for the for the 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 the, the Catholic culture piece. I want to go out there. I want to get the best students and I want to recruit them. I want them at Mount Marty. And so I literally have <laughs> have a recruiting board in my office mm. of kids from around the Midwest area here. And really, what's at the heart of it is is I'm kind of responsible for Catholic culture and in order to change one of the primary means that ways in which you address culture is simply through people. And so it's not like you're tinkering bells and whistles. You're just trying to bring in people, different people. And so I have my recruiters, the kids that are dialed in seeking excellence. They want to be great leaders out in the world, but they're also dialed into their faith. I'm out around, I've got five Catholic high schools surrounding Mount Marty Galen in Iowa. O'Gorman. Uh, in Sioux Falls, Healin and Rapid City, Thomas Moore, Thomas Moore in Rapid City, Healin and Sioux Falls, and Cedar Catholic right now in Nebraska are my five surrounding Catholic high schools. I've been to each of them, introduced myself to the leadership, and uh, met some of their students. And I'm putting on the full press recruiting efforts to get the the strongest, the best Catholic high school students in the in the area here to come to Mount Marty College uh, to be a part of the renewal of. Uh, Uh, of what already is a very good institution, but to kind of have a a renewal and kind of a reboot, if you will, of that engagement uh, of the church in the 21st century.
2: So you just uh, seem to have swung on two paradigms I'd love to hear an explanation of. Uh, You're seeking students of excellence, but then you just told me that you don't know your grammar. Like, what does it mean Uh as a Christian— to be excellent or to be great, yeah. uh, when because you didn't see you seem to just say that as nothing. But I know students who like are totally losing their souls yeah. because they aren't great and excellent in academics. You know, there's so uh, what does it
1: mean to be great? Um, I heard a professor speak one time uh, from Notre Dame, and he said that he actually had a daughter that was um, OCD to the point where she, it paralyzed her. And she couldn't not get perfection, and it, just, it, just dis- it was destroying her. And so part of her um, therapy was that she had to get a question wrong on a test, intentionally. She could not get 100%. So there is this, this uh, balance. You have to be careful that your desire for excellence and greatness in the world is balanced. And what I find is it's ba- truth and humility. It's balanced by—so So my two great virtues I like to to kind of stomp the beat is humility and magnanimity. Magnanimity is greatness of soul. So I believe that we're created for greatness, but we're still broken. We're still dependent upon the Savior. And so I'm not afraid of my weaknesses, and I just find it's better to accept them and to understand them and to laugh about them than it is to— fret or get anxiety over these little things that in the big picture are they that really that big of a deal but at the same time i do believe excellence is in the details and details do matter and so it is a it is a good balance but i try not to take myself too seriously we're broken we're not perfect where should we invest our energy i like to invest my energy on my strengths instead of my weaknesses yeah and in, in light of that um i do find that the God gives us talents, particular gifts and abilities, and I like to focus on those instead of uh, tripping out over the fact yeah. that um, you know uh, what's my theirs can be wrong sometimes. So, so the reason I ask, you know this what I mean, right? The theirs, there, there, and there. Like, Mm-mm. how do you how do you spell there? If yeah. you're going there, yeah. if you're going somewhere, how do you spell or, it? They are going or there. or... They are going there. Yeah, there's three there. There, their they their are pets. there and there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. do you know the difference? Yeah. <laughs> Should I put him on the spot or the other and be yeah. like, Heather, I can do that. Those uh, three I can so do. So those, exactly. <laughs> bring exactly.
2: it to me. Uh, uh, quiz the priest, right? Right. I <laughs> if was you're driving going here, to I'm a like, location. I hope Joe doesn't have a right, schedule the, stump stump the, the priest. Stump the priest. Because I'm the only one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that. That's our stump <laughs> yeah. the priest here. So, right? so I think this is really, really helpful. Uh, bec- and this is helpful for me because I think I'm more often in your shoes. Uh, where I can just say things and then people interpret it one way. But yep. you kept talking about excellence, excellence. That's I'm And I'm like, that like, in my world, that like Joe is something I can never be. Or I guess I can't be mm. a part of Mount Marty. Or I guess that's like not for me. But yeah. I'm like, but wait a minute. No, he just said he's a professor. Yeah. He's the director of the Benedict yep. leadership. Institute, and you just said that you have trouble with English grammar. Now I know you're partly facetious. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that this is just helpful for people to realize that when you speak of excellence, you're speaking of everyone having a certain gift Absolutely. and, and everyone belongs to a particular place. And so you're just following what's in front of, you You know,
1: I, at Mount Marty uh, college, we're going to, we're going to start all of our students as freshmen with a Myers Briggs type of an, an inventory. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's John Paul II, in his encyclical, I believe it's Fides at Ratio, Faith and Reason, he starts the introduction with uh, this, this beautiful line. He says, Above the temple portal in Delphi is the inscription, Know thyself. Mm. Here's the pope, the leader of the Catholic world, one of the greatest in the the great person of the millennium, I believe. Um, and he starts his encyclical with a Greek pagan temple. And what, what it says above the doorway, know thyself. And so it, it, knowledge of self is very, very important in the world, and it's important for leaders. And so as the director of the Leadership Institute, um, understanding and leading in a way that says, you know what, you are, you are made for greatness, but you're also broken. Mm-hmm. That's something that we have to help young people wrestle with and come to encounter and come to be comfortable mm-hmm. with their brokenness. And so that's part of what we're doing at Mount Marty is peaks and valleys. You know, we're taking the entire freshman class to the Grand Canyon next, next yeah, fall. Yeah, I know. Every As time a part I look the at the curriculum. moon or I see yeah. something yeah. incredible yeah, can you like imagine that, that from the Grand I, think, Canyon. I think
2: this is exactly why Joe has to go to the Grand Canyon. So when we think of
1: this, it's to get the kids into a, a space, into an environment in which they get to encounter their smallness right, that they're, they're pretty little in this big big valley, this, this Grand Canyon, right, and that they're going to encounter things in life that are challenging their own brokenness being first, and if you can help balance and understand our brokenness, then it frees you up and it allows you to seek the greatness that God has created you for, and so then as sophomores, we're taking them to the Rocky Mountains, so then they will get to go seek their greatness uh, in the Rockies as sophomores. So that's kind of the philosophy behind it. It is it is a challenge though, as you as you mentioned, John, because excellence primarily first. If you if you look at excellence, it's it's a habit of uh, their habits, their routines. They're integrated into your person. You don't have to think about doing them. They're part of who you are. But they're developed and they're grown, so that that matters right i I've developed poor habits of linguistics, if you will you can you can actually say that I lack good habits there. it's not god given graces that I lack, it's discipline toward particular things, and so there is an area where you could say, yes, those are imperfections. I have chosen as I move forward to say, all right, some of these things are important as a scholar, as a as a teacher, my, my language skills do matter and I do need to pay attention to them. So it's not that I don't care, but I also understand that it's not my strength and I'm not going to fret over it. And I'm not going to allow that to consume all of my energy that I can be investing on really doubling down on the things that God has given me that I am good at. And that's being passionate and visionary and leaders. And and so that's the delicate balance, but it's the balance I believe between the virtues of humility and magnanimity, that we have to understand the truth of who we are in God's eyes, and yet that doesn't limit us or keep us from seeking greatness.
2: Yeah, the sum it up in a word I find helpful. Accentuate the positive, Mm. and entrust the rest to God's mercy. I believe was a comment of Father Huli and Corona, priest that I follow. And, um, when I found that it was at the last sentence in a, in a little book that I was reading and I was like, that's it. That's accentuate it. That's what the modern the, man needs Accentuate today. the positive. Accentuate the positive and entrust the rest of God's mercy. Modern man would need God in order to do that. Yes. True. But, but this is where I think with, with even the young faithful people that I know yeah. is, uh, the, the sec the hard part is that second part. Mm-hmm. We we love to accentuate the positive. We all know some of our gifts, but to really believe that these other inadequacies I have are fine. I, I mean, I've got a lot of things I'm not good at. Okay. <laughs> Tell know? me about and, it. And I, I even think your position is incredible because, you know, I know how much you love higher education mm-hmm. and your whole desire in life to, could be was to be in higher education. Now, would you have ever imagined Mount Marty along your path? And yet, it's like the place made for you. Yeah, I agree. And at the same time, I can look at Mount Marty and say, "You were made for him." Oh, totally. <laughs> like, uh, and so, and and it comes with this realization that like God made a place. And God made me. Mm-hmm. And when they come into concert, this beautiful symphony begins to yeah. be orchestrated. And you are like a walking symphony. I mean, to yeah, watch totally. you do these things, I couldn't do what you do. I'm totally different in certain respects yeah. than that. Yeah. But when, when I see that now, what I get to wrestle with is I get to wrestle with, wait a minute, I should be doing it like Joe. You if have your if, own if thing. I could do what yeah. Joe could do, then Harrisburg would grow. That's what I really think sometimes. I'm mm. like, I'm going to fail because I can't do
1: these things. And then I think, well, wait a minute. No, that's not true. <laughs> no, it's just the mode. That to God's mercy. Yeah, it's just the mode, right? I mean, it's we all have different ways of living and being and this is why I think that inventory at the beginning of a college mm-hmm. student's life is so important because it's not about doing it the way that Joe does it. it, yeah. it and that's you want to know what my first criticism was when I started down there it was everybody kept asking me, giving me check boxes. They give me boxes to check uh, you know that would I, the sooner you're like Steubenville or you marry or these other colleges than or Notre Dame or whoever your thing is, the sooner you're like them then wonderful you've arrived. And it's like, wait a minute here, what do you mean? I'm I'm not here to check boxes. I'm here yeah. to i I'm here to, to come into a community of people and to live with them and to be with them and say, Hey, how can we be better today? Yeah. And and to but bring honesty and insight and say, All right, if we got these, let's and for me, I think the greatest uh the greatest thing is uh when I grow in despair, uh it's because I focus on what I consider to be the problems or the things that mm-hmm. and in and, and the fact that I feel I can't you hear the all the eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh and Tom Lorraine, kinda of one of my mentors and one of the leaders down there that that works in consultation with Mount Marty. He continually reminds me, Joe, it's not about you. And and he'll even say we. He'll, you know, he'll stop me mid-sentence and say we. It's a continually reminder, but we, I think by nature of leadership, there's a tendency to say that everything's on my shoulders, mm-hmm. and it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's when I free myself up and say, I just got to do what I do today, and I got to do it well, and I got to seek to, um, and let the Lord figure it out. I can't tell you in the first six months the first semester i've been at mount marty how many times i turn around and god just gives me answers yeah like people walk into the room or or a, i open a book or something pops up on facebook and you're just like you've got to be kidding me <laughs> That's exactly thank you god what I was thank you for. god thank you god i mean there's a jason harren there's a professor down there that we brought from dayton ohio and we were looking for a professor we needed somebody to teach some classes and lo and behold at Three o'clock in the morning on a Monday, I wake up thinking of this kid, Jason, who I wrote a letter of recommendation for to get a job at University of Mary like two years ago. I thought, I wonder what he's doing. Five o'clock in the morning, I call his parents because I know that they're up early. Uh, But you guys might know Jeff and Lois Heron. I think they spoke or are speaking up at Paul's church um, this this month. Jeff and Lois Heron, it's their son. So I said to Lois, I said, what is Jason doing? Well, lo and behold, he's in Dayton, Ohio, just finished his doctorate in Catholic social teaching, which is what we're integrating into all of Mount Marty's curriculum. I mean, it couldn't have been a better fit. He wasn't supposed to get his doctorate in Catholic social teaching either. His, the, his guru left and went to another university. He had to change it all up. So he ends up with this Catholic social teaching. Well, this is what we're doing down there. <laughs> yeah. I said, Jason, you got to come. He packs up his six kids and his family and moves from Dayton, Ohio for a part-time job to see what the Lord's up to. Yeah. Those are the types of, types of things where when I just get out of my way and say this is about us in a community trying to do what God's will is um, and not let old Slewfoot get his foot in the door and start throwing doubt in there. So enough about yeah. Mount Marty. Great things Beautiful. happening. Enough about us. I think we should uh, uh, jump into right after a break, we should come back and we should talk about all of the feast days and we should do our prayer with the kids. And then you're going to want to stick around because we've got two hot topics I don't know if we'll get to the second one, this stuff's so good, but definitely the greatest showman movie of the month critique. It was outstanding. Stick around for the critique. Amen?
0: Amen. Support for programming on Lamb Catholic Radio is provided by Financial Benefits Company in Sioux Falls, helping individuals and small businesses plan for retirement. The Financial Benefits Company philosophy is to achieve a secure retirement for their clients. Their phone number is 605-334-8086 and on the web at fbcjf.com. Thank you to Financial Benefits Company for sponsoring Lamb Catholic Radio.
4: Your family is depending on you. Your family is looking to you to make sure they are safe. Protected and taken care of. Knights of Columbus Insurance offers the protection they need. Whether it's term life or whole life, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, annuities, retirement planning, estate planning, or an insurance analysis. Please call Jason Lewis at 605-270-3463 or Heath Dickelman at 605-351-7978. Knights of Columbus Insurance.
0: Seize the Today birthday segment is being brought to you by Dental Center in Aberdeen. Dr. Merksbauer and Dr. Meyer are committed to serving their patients, including providing information that helps them to make more informed decisions about their oral health needs. From all of us here at Lamb Catholic Radio, we'd like to wish a happy birthday to Father Albert in Britain, Deacon Thomas Vogel, retired in Vermilion, and Father Kevin Zilverberg at St. Paul Seminary. Happy birthday and many blessings on your special day. Seize the Day birthday segment has been brought to you by Dental Center in Aberdeen. Dental Center offers dental treatments that include porcelain veneers, dental implants, dental exams, and restorations. We need your help. Lamb Radio is 100% donor supported. Find out how you can
6: help by going to lambradio.com. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 3rd. Today we celebrate the most holy name of Jesus. St. Paul might claim credit for promoting devotion to the holy name because he wrote in the letter to the Philippians that God the Father gave Christ Jesus, the name that is above every name. But devotion to the holy name of Jesus first became popular because of 12th century Cistercian monks and nuns. Later, Bernadine of Siena, a 15th century Franciscan, used devotion to the Holy Name of Jesus as a way of overcoming bitter and often bloody class struggles and family rivalries or vendettas in Italian city-states. The devotion continued to grow through Franciscan and Dominican preachers. It spread even more widely after the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, began promoting the Holy Name in the 16th century. In 1721, Pope Innocent XIII extended this feast to the entire church. The letters IHS that we often see carved on altars or embroidered on vestments are an abbreviation of the Greek name of Jesus. Jesus died and rose for the sake of all people. He reminds us that because we are all related to him, we are therefore all related to one another. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day.
1: Prayers of the Faithfully Departed is being brought to you by Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota. We guarantee you will notice the difference.
0: We would like to pray today for the repose of the souls of... Andrew Vlamenic, Sister Valerie Jaspers, and Betty Strife. Eternal rest grant unto them, Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon them. And may the souls of all the faithfully departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen.
1: Prayers of the faithfully
6: departed has been brought to you by Paulson Monuments of Canton, South Dakota. Remember a loved one. Honor a friendship. Create a legacy.
3: Chain shall he break for the snake?
0: And now back to this month's edition of Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is being brought to you in part by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition.
1: And now back to the show. How's everybody doing out there? It's 750. We're coming up live on the eight o'clock hour. Are kids going off to school yet? Or I don't I think mine are, mine got another day off, but I think some of them are back at it. I think public schools are back at it today. Uh, at least in Sioux Falls And I think Catholic go back tomorrow and So we're getting back in the routine I don't know about you guys But I had a tough time getting up this morning That whole uh, routine of sleeping in Well, I guess that's the teacher's schedule, right? <laughs> some of us, some of y'all out there have been working this whole time um, Let's take a, a quick look at our morning prayer I think, John We're going to close up on the 8 o'clock hour Why don't we take a look at the kids yeah. going back to school Say a little bit of a prayer And once we get organized there, I think we got to jump into the the movie critique, The Greatest Showman. And it was outstanding, or at least I think that's what Father John's review is going to be. Father John, would you uh, lead the kids and parents in a prayer as we head off to school?
2: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, we give thanks for the gift and grace of this day and for those that you have entrusted to our lives we thank you for the gift of family and fellowship over these past few weeks that we have spent together and traveled and visited family and friends in those journeys might we recognize more deeply our desire to live in community to live in communion with those that you have given to us and in communion with you whom have given all good things In ways in which we've discovered our challenges or difficulties or the dynamics of community that can be difficult. Give us the grace to stand before those and see what it is that you are trying to speak to us. Help give us the grace to love those that are not easy. Give us hope that the future can be different than the present difficulties and give us uh, faith that we might see you in all things. Give strength to those that go to school again today and this week uh, and patience because... Tomorrow will be easier than the first day back, if that's for you today. We entrust you to the Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full Full of grace, grace, the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit
1: fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray Pray for for us sinners, sinners, now
2: and at the hour of our death, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen.
1: All righty, well, we were gonna jump into the liturgical calendar. There's a bunch of feast days that go on during Christmas, Oh, you know what I should do? Stump the priest? I should do the 12 days of Christmas. Do you think that the Catholic priest knows that the 12 days of Christmas are? On the first day of Christmas, Christmas. my
2: true love gave to me.
1: Alrighty, I think that's been enough. (laughs) (laughs) So we got the the, the 12 days of Christmas, but the the Christmas season, as it gets fun to to criticize in, in church circles, the Christmas doesn't end on the 25th it's only beginning uh but it it, it is there's 12 days it all follows up following christmas you have the octave uh, which is eight days of christmas and all that fun stuff but there are literally feast days just littered uh in the calendar following christmas so you have the feast of the nativity on the 25th the next day is the feast of saint stephen now we just kind of gloss over that but just think about this if in your family you had one person that went off to war and, and and sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice and gave their life and died in defense and battle of your family and your nation and, and your people. You'd honor him a little bit, right? I mean, I always, I always think like Rob Rolfing, our classmate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have Rob Rolfing's p- picture in my office. Like, mm-hmm. I... I mean, this is a real story, right? Rob Rolfing, Sioux Falls O'Gorman graduate, classmate of Father John's and I's, uh, after 9-11, enters the military and ends up uh, given the ultimate sacrifice uh, in Iraq, right? This is a great honor. And he See? entered
2: the military because...
1: Because of 9-11, yeah. in, de- yeah. in-, in defense of our country, yeah. in a response. To this challenge right Well this is St. Stephen He's the first one to die for our faith Like this is the martyr of martyrs This is the first one And so he follows up the nativity Jesus is born and then immediately The church the very next day Gives us the feast day of St. Stephen Who's the first person to die For the baby that is laying in the manger
2: I love that this happens Because it It ties There can be this Oh, the baby's born, oh Jesus, oh Christmas, da da, da da and we can so easily lose sight of what it is we're called to based on what it is he was called to. What is his mission in this world? And and you know, it's not a nice little nativity play. It's beautiful to have a nativity play because that helps kids and all of us remember the simplicity of the gospel. And there's something so beautiful about the message. But in the end, the church is saying, hey, now, don't lose sight that this boy born in this manger is going to end up on another bed of wood. This is the life of Jesus Christ, and so one who follows Jesus is going to have explosive moments of beauty, It's going to have an incredible gift to realize, I am made for a purpose. But the journey of Christian living isn't devoid of pain and suffering <laughs> and chaos and confusion, and so St. Stephen is that reminder that uh, it really is into darkness. That this light is born It's not an analogy It's not this pious Christmas card Uh, Stephen was martyred Was killed In a way that he could also uh, um, Attest to a gift of faith That God is the one who saves us And I love that it comes right afterward It puts me in check
1: uh, It it is pretty stark isn't it When You celebrate Christmas And then the very next day you're celebrating the death of a man that was stoned to death. A number of years back, there was 21 Coptic Christians that were martyred. They were beheaded. The way Paul was. On the beaches of uh, Libya, I believe. And I remember thinking, wow, that's how Paul died. Like, that, it, 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 we gloss over this so quickly, I think but when it happens to our modern sensibilities we start say wow that's brutal holy cow did they just do th-? yeah they just did that and they've been doing it for 2000 yeah. years being stoned to death having your beheaded mm-hmm. peter crucified upside down like these are the br- most brutal ways to torture and kill people and the first christians endured these sufferings why Because they believed that Jesus was more than the rest of us. That he actually was who he claimed to be. That he was Lord. He was God.
2: And I think this is a helpful dynamic to enter into the seasons. Because along with Christmas and Easter is also another season in the publishing industry. And in the... uh, movie industry and it's called let's ask lots of questions about who Jesus was because people are fascinated (laughs) by whether it's true or not and then we'll put lots of doubt in people's mind and all of the you know before Christmas and Easter you'll always find the newsstands in front of the register going to have a big picture of Mary or Jesus and it's going to say is he real or was he married to Mary Magdalene or something the real
1: historical Jesus and
2: the reason that I say this is important is because uh, it can be easy in a soundbite world to just discount those things. Yeah, if you hold it up. If you're watching online, you can watch on the Cube. Uh, the Lamb real Catholic Jesus Radio. National, National Geographic. Geographic. What just archaeology
1: reveals about
2: his life. And so, you, you know, you have to go deep into there, if you give it me this. Uh, you have to go deep into it and really read it, but people don't do that. People initially just read some of the comments, and so one of the comments here says... Um, it says, might it be possible that Jesus Christ never existed, that the whole stained glass story is pure invention? Okay, now there's, there's lots in here. That's and a beautiful that's not...
1: piece of prose, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well written. But and there's it's...
2: great pictures and there's a lot of details in here. But the average person is just going to read that. Yep. Okay, and then they're going to think, oh, yeah, I don't know that, it, you know, I don't like to go to mass Ooh. either. I don't uh yeah this is like crazy these people I don't my my mom and dad they're mean to me or whatever you know yeah. uh, and the reason I say that with the martyrs are such a great insight is because they when we look at their lives we have to ask a question what would someone give their life for yep. and you don't give your life for a simple idea or for this like eventually you break and you say ah forget about it yep. but you give your life when something has really been given to your life. And so the the question, I mean, it goes in here and it says, actually, every honest scholar believes Jesus really existed. Yes. Well, if what if they had that there. on the front cover? Every honest scholar believes Jesus Christ was a real person. There there you go. Go. That puts this all in a different light. And then you have to say, okay, well, what does it believe to believe that he's God? And there you see... Uh, A couple of questions There's so many questions But one only gets to those questions Once they come to the gift of faith And it's a gift to say Ah, the spirit that's giving me life Is him In this community of people I met this person once And he lives with hope and joy Mm -hmm. Like, this is him You know, I was thinking As you were talking about Mount Marty And your different giftedness I thought You really have
1: hope Oh yeah You have like the real gift of hope that well, in listen, front of I've something I've been praying that rosary those three beads on that rosary for 40 years <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for faith I, hope and hope charity, and, charity. <laughs>
2: and something actually happened <laughs> wow yes but but so. They,
1: but so so those are the theological virtues right and they're divinely given to us we don't earn them we don't work for them they're given to us but i always say they have to be exercised hmm. it's not like oh they just come flowing out of us uh, you have to exercise them and when we look at, the, at this liturgical calendar, too, and, and we can get more into this historical Jesus and all the garbage is really what it is, uh, on, on Nat Geo and on PBS, and the PBS always at Easter runs this program called From Jesus to, to the Christ. And it's a bunch of garbage. <laughs> and we can get more into why it's a bunch of garbage. Uh, but the point being, you don't die for something that's garbage. You don't give your life and sacrifice for it, not just with the blood martyrdom, the red martyrdom, but the very next day, the 27th of December, we celebrate what's called the white martyrdom. And that's somebody that dies daily for Jesus Christ, but doesn't actually give their life or shed their blood for him. And that is John the Apostle. Mm. He's the only one of the 12 apostles that doesn't die. So we go from the first... <laughs> first <laughs> well, they I all should, I die, yeah. <laughs> heresy <laughs> alert, heresy <laughs> alert. <laughs> they, we we, we, we now have well let's see here. He was riding Mary's coattails. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mary thought, you know, I'm gonna have a little pity on you. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> you know. So you can offer So the John the Apostle is the uh, only he's one the who, only one
1: that does not die uh, get get martyred. He's not go. killed for the faith. And what does it mean
2: to be martyred? Just quick. To
1: be martyred is a well, the word itself You're, means witness. Okay. And so you so a martyr is a witness of the of the faith. But when you're martyred for the faith, you're killed, right? So you're yeah. either okay. uh, executed, you're head cut off, you're crucified. There's fun ways. I always like to tell my students, you know, one of my favorite is the guy that was filleted. Yeah. In the Vatican, uh, the, the Sistine Chapel, this beautiful, beautiful j- scene of judgment uh, behind the main altar uh, in the Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo painted uh, the, the, the gentleman... Typically, saints are always holding their instruments of martyrdom if they were martyred. And so the guy that was martyred, Bartholomew, in one hand, he has the fillet knife, and in the other hand, he has his skin. (laughs) I was like, that's awesome. Anyway, John dies for his martyrdom, which is a white martyrdom. That's what most of us will enter into, is a white martyrdom. Well, this is awesome. You're listening to... Lamb Catholic Radio here on KSJP 88.9. Ipswich, Aberdeen. They're all the way up in Ipswich checking us out. KSTJ 91.3, Hartford, Mitchell, and Yankton. And 104.3, Juan Diego Radio right here in Sioux Falls. Can we have shout-outs? We should do some shout-outs.
2: There's a lot of great shout-outs lately. They're Number awesome. one, the gift from Shauna Reardon deserves a shout-out to the Shauna? whole Reardon family, Bill shout and out. Shauna Reardon, and the Down whole group of kids. Yeah, when they showed up at uh, Saint Sacred Heart Parish in Yankton, they were new there, and I had just come there, but been there a while, uh, a few months, and all of a sudden, I see outside of the church one day this big white van, and you know how people put on their cars like their kids? I don't think people do that a oh, lot anymore, yeah, yeah, but it yeah, yeah. was really popular there for a little bit. So on this van, and they have like 50, people or something you know that's a little exaggerated but you know it had mom and dad and then had this whole slew and i was like awesome do they have a whole like i'm sure most people would you know most people in the world would look at that and be like they can't have that many kids or whatever you know and i was like awesome i knew exactly they had that many (laughs) kids you know and so got to know the reardon family and my time down there so shauna has a Oh yeah, they have like oh. I don't know six or seven yeah. kids or something. Awesome. Uh, John's the littlest, and you know, and yeah. six. Well, of I course, think, you remember John. Six. Yeah, you always remember your namesake. <laughs> hey, it was the uh, name. Was not you? my namesake. He my was not goodness, named after I me. I saw
1: you had a kid named after you. What in the world? Who, who was sick and had a temperature the day they had a kid and named him after you?
2: You'll have to ask wow, the person. That's yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I was very honored. I was very honored. I mean, uh, I gave
1: you my kid's middle name, but I didn't give him. I didn't give my yeah kid the your full, first name. yeah
2: John and middle yeah John right? Leo John Leo yeah, John Leo. yeah. Uh, really yeah it is and um, you know it it, it 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 it's such a sign to me that Christ does things you know something happened otherwise that yeah, would yeah, never yeah, happen yeah, yeah. yep. and um, so yeah so the Reardon's they get a shout out. Uh, there's a there's a special picture. I hope you didn't see it. He wanted to surprise you. If you go on Facebook page to Rutten Radio, there is a picture of someone. Uh, in the meantime, we'll give Shelly Merrick another shout-out. She's one of my biggest fans. Uh, or I'm one of her biggest fans because she's the one that got me into electronic media. And she she's wearing her shirt today. Rutten yeah, Radio shirt. So she, she gets a shout-out. Um... On the Rutten Radio Facebook page. Oh, there's Sean. There he is. Down there, your former student. Alex, hi? He's a huge fan of you.
1: I don't see him. On Rutten Radio,
2: he's wearing an awesome Rutten Radio logo shirt. Probably one of the best I've seen. With uh, kind of that old school black. Uh, (laughs) Fondine.
1: Christopher. How are we doing, Buster? He's probably listening. Yeah, I am sure he is listening. What's up, Christopher? Oh, he's got a nice, like, three-quarter sleeve. Yeah. Oh, he's got a nice one. Yeah. Isn't Boy, it you great? can get anything online, can't yep. you? So he got that for shout Christmas. Shout out to Christopher. Oh, so, nice. And hey, then there you a go.
2: final shout out I'll give is to Sheila Schilling. She gave to her father for Christmas copy of every episode of Rutten Radio. <laughs> he lives in like Michigan or Missouri or some one of those M's. And that is yeah, Isn't that 40. crazy? I don't know what. I, you
1: know, I guess. So,
2: that's my shout outs. It's good to be.
1: Well, I've got a, a Zach Dresch, kid that I taught who's a radio, he loves the radio and he's a comedian and all kinds of fun things and he's got a great head of hair. I always love the kids with great heads of hair because I don't have one. Uh, But you bringing up the flu or being sick the other day reminded me, have you guys seen the commercial on TV of the guy that has the flu, the flu bug guy? It's kind of a creepy video where somebody's in the closet and the girl, the lady's like, who's in the closet? And then all of a sudden the flu bug comes out. There's the advertising and, oh, you guys haven't seen it. You got to see it. So the actor's my old student, Zach Dresch. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. Look up the flu bug. It's like South Dakota public health commercial uh about the flu it's like a vaccination one or something know. so a shout out there um you know shout out to, to all the yanktonites and uh there's just i don't know there's all kinds of shout outs to my wife laura my wife laura's a rock star god bless her you are right she, about she that she puts up with me and uh my in-laws shout out to my in-laws you know i've got a a brother-in-law that um has cancer and uh, he was able to come up for Christmas. They're from Texas. And, you know, it just kind of reminded me of the priorities in this whole thing. We spent a couple of days over there and just, just sat, you know, and you just talk and you talk and you, you know, you eat and you just be. And it just reminded me of how grateful I am for health and wealth and all those good, the wealth of the multitude of things, not just financially. So a shout out to Chad and his family and, uh, it was good to see them, so I think that we should get into flip quick through this liturgical calendar, and then we need to do the Greatest Showman. For folks, if you have not seen it, it is outstanding. So we just finished with those liturgical feast days. We can come back yeah. to them, but check them out. They're fantastic. The feast day, uh, uh, just it, they just keep rolling on all the way through. They yeah, just the get Holy Family is a great
2: one. I love the Holy Family. It always makes me think of Mom and Dad and that statue they had from Bishop Dudley, that ivory or that white one that would sit on the table all the time. Uh, the gift that the family is to have this uh, gift, Mary, mother of God and Basil and Gregory. Did did you read the office of readings at all? I haven't lately. Yesterday mornings. Awesome. The office of readings, uh, the the second reading. uh, And he talks about friendship Hmm. and he talks about I think it's Gregory talking about Basil is the way one of the others talking about the other. And he says that we were such good friends that, it was like we were two bodies but one spirit, mm-hmm. and then he means it so much he has to correct. And he's like, "But we aren't universalists. We don't believe that like everything is one spirit. But it's like, uh, and so which is think. a good
1: correction in today's day and age. Yeah, because as people leave religion, particularly the young people, they are falling into the occult more and more, and they don't even realize it. Like the the rise of crystal use. Not crystal math. I'm talking like crystals. <laughs> right? In the occult practice, crystals, we have we have the material things that have spiritual power, right? So mm-hmm. we bless salt and water in these mm-hmm. well, they're sacramentals for the occult. Crystals are one of the primary sacramentals. It's crazy if you get out there and you encounter it. I think sometimes we live in a little bubble here in Sioux Falls oh, or true. in the Midwest. Um So, so when we, yeah, so continue, uh, Christmas, yeah the gift
2: of, uh, friendship is the reason. And I think this is part of what I, why I, I hold them up is what people are in need of today is friendship. If we can have all of the answers in the world, we can be all over, but a person is going to come to Jesus if they first have friendship with someone. And in that friendship, it grows. And Basil, he talks about like their friendship began and then little by little, they began to have. Excuse me, a common interest in wisdom, And it was the common interest. They were different. One loved the poor, one loved to serve people in need, one was more of an intellectual, but they both had a love for wisdom, and so this made them one. <laughs> and today people need friendship, and, and then they come to realize the spirit who hmm. grows within that. So that's awesome. But we go down through the list, there's just a whole litany of them, and we come to the great gift of epiphany.: Oh yeah. right. Oh, yep. What's epiphany?
1: Well, Epiphany is a revelation. Am I correct? Correct. That yep. we're celebrating the the Epiphany of the Wise Men. Yep. And you know this revelation of the good news, not just to uh, the chosen people, but to the Gentiles, to all of the world. Yeah. That yep. uh, there there's there's been this revelation, this Epiphany, this coming to. I was I always think of Epiphany as the light bulb, right? You know, you have it, it it, it clicks like oh um and so yeah we have the epiphany coming up and you know it, there's all these little traditions as catholics that sometimes we do and sometimes we don't but you know the 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 story of your nativity is that you're not supposed to put the baby jesus in the crib until christmas right mm-hmm. you know so it's like all right i always look at those ones where it's like the baby jesus and the crib are the same and so you can't do that like i don't know maybe they. Should cover them up with a cloth or something i'll you know, put a blanket over it uh, but you're not supposed to put the wise men in the crash they don't they're not there yet that that we celebrate that actual journey that actual epiphany by the magi traveling and so we were in the cathedral last sunday for mass and uh the magi are not in the nativity they're this beautiful nativity scene in the magi are not in the altar of saint joseph niche they're over in the niche with um with mary in the marian altar and you know what this is why i love teaching we had leo and dominic uh jared osterman's boy dominic he's the the organist for the cathedral the, the leads the choir and leo and dominic are there at the crash and i'm kind of doing my thing and what hey isn't this fun and oh, where are the wise men <laughs> You know, but it, I, you, we need to engage their imagination, mm-hmm. right? This is why I love the Greatest Showman. It just it grabs your imagination. And so then you look over across the church and you see one of the wise men, but you can't see the other two. Hey, kids, where are the other two? Then you get to tell them the story of why are the wise men not in the nativity with Jesus? Oh, because they're on a journey, just as we're called the journey. And it just is a beautiful um, physical celebration of the spiritual journey that the church leads us on through Christmas. So all of these great feast days and they lead up to the epiphany. And then eventually we kind of cap it all off with the baptism of our Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, so,
2: and this, this would be a great, uh, the epiphany actually is threefold. Most people think of epiphany in return to the, oh. to the wise men, but the secondary dimension is, So, epiphany is a revelation of the person of God, right? Or a revelation of the person. So, John the Baptist represents the second epiphany, which is the revelation to the the Israelite people. And then the third one, um, the third epiphany being uh, the... uh, uh, Cana, the wedding at Cana, when Jesus manifested his power. That was the first time, the wedding of Cana is the first time he manifested mm-hmm. that power. Yep. So the epiphany is threefold, the magi, oh, oh, the, uh, the gotcha. star that appears, the, the magi, baptism and then, the baptism, or the not what? the baptism, but the appearance of John the Baptist and his proclamation gotcha. uh, to the Israelite people, the fulfillment of what the prophets were, and then the wedding feast of Cana.
1: This stuff never ends. Though. I know. <laughs> is amazing? And
2: this this is the beautiful part about it is, I think anybody who's listening to us can understand this is... Like we're grasped by this, but the grasping of it isn't a purely intellectual search. It's a recognition that we are filled with the same thing they are. That in a sense we really w- w- you you are introducing to Leo and Dominic the same journey that the Magi were on. Yeah, exactly. And and it's different different ways. And how do we know we're introducing this journey? Because we feel like we're on it.
1: And this is why I love the Greatest Showman because I think that this it's 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 the power of entering into a meta-narrative, a grander story through the use of our imagination. Mm-hmm. The, the, the now, we get to enter into the now and find our place in this grander story. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, give our critique of one of the greatest movies that I've seen in the last year, because I've only seen two. <laughs> the Greatest Showman. We'll be right back.
4: Your family is depending on you. Your family is looking to you to make sure they are safe, protected, and taken care of. Knights of Columbus Insurance offers the protection they need. Whether it's term life or whole life, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, annuities, retirement planning, estate planning, or an insurance analysis. Please call Jason Lures at 605-270-3463 or Heath Dickelman at 605-351-7978. Knights of Columbus Insurance.
5: My name is Callie Stevens. I am a freshman at Mount Marty College and I am from Florence, Montana. And I am going into the nursing field with a background in Parks and Recreation. My early conversations with my freshman advisor, Sister Candy, started out with her talking to me about archery and how much I loved it. It's the first varsity program in South Dakota and I'm the first varsity archer in South Dakota. So she kind of used the line, you can make history this way, and that was pretty cool as an 18-year-old person, I know, who wouldn't want to make history. What I like most about Yankton is being five minutes from the largest archery facility in the world and I also love hunting. I am able to take my car and actually go hunting about 10 to 15 minutes from the school. I can go hiking, I can go swimming, I can pretty much do anything out here that I could back home in Montana. It's a lot like home and that's what I love most about here.
4: Sioux Equipment Company can fix, sell, and repair gas pumps, tanks, and air compressors. They also offer sales and services for lifts, signs, decals, and tank truck equipment in Sioux Falls and the surrounding areas. Sioux Equipment Company is located at 1310 East 39th Street in Sioux Falls, just off of East Benson Road. They can be reached at 605-334-1653.
0: And now back to this month's edition of Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is being brought to you in part by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. And now back to the show.
1: All righty out there listeners. Here we are. It's come we that time. We've been building time. this up a long time. The movie of the <laughs> month. Did the you... review of the greatest showman. Now, you do realize, Father John, that I skipped Stump the priest. Yes, I'm grateful. So, if you know, if we run out of things to talk about, which almost never happens with ruttons, yeah, um, we'll come back to it. But I'd like to take our movie of the month, and I want to add a little twist to this whole thing. So I think that it's fun rating things, right? So if we're going to do this right, we got to do a rating system. So what I want to do is I want you to rate the movie, and I want to add... second component to it i want you to rate what you think i'm gonna rate the movie all right so here's the deal here's the numbering system out there if everybody's out there listening we're gonna do a one out of ten all right one being like awful burn it put it in the medieval book burning list uh don't watch it don't only send your friends that you want to play a practical joke on that's a number one number ten is like outstanding should be up for an Oscar, top one of the top movies. One out of ten, but you can't use seven. That's the only criteria. You can't say the movie's oh. a seven. Okay. So this is, that is kind like of like two. Yeah, this in it, well that, that's the out. That's the easy out, right? If you say something's a seven, it's like being lukewarm. It's like well eh, it wasn't great. So you can't use a seven. If you're if you're forced to say it's a six, you're saying eh, I, I didn't prefer it. If you choose an eight, you're like, no, that was really good. I liked it. A seven is like, it's a C, right? It's just, you know, 70%. So you can't use a seven. All right. So go ahead. I want you to write down what your, your one out of nine, uh, one out of 10 is, and then you write down what you think mine is. Everybody out there listening, you can go ahead and rate it. You can write down in your, your own brain what you think will make it. All right. All right. So should we come back to the ratings? Yeah. We'll hold our ratings <laughs> off right. until further on in the discussion. We're going to do this for a good half hour. This is going to be a fun discussion. This movie, John, was outstanding. So I can't change my rating? You can't change your rating. Okay. What do you think? Let's start with maybe the context, Father. What's the context for this movie that? We had as the mo- movie of the month.
2: Um, I would say the context for this is we live in a culture that is in despair.
1: Uh, um, the
2: beginning of despair. Yep, is that yep. what you mean by context? Uh, let, like let's,
1: maybe, maybe I had. It or right. what do you mean? Let's go. What, what's the narrative, real quick? Oh, what's the big picture? What's oh, the actual story about? Oh, it's about the story about 1920s. Yeah, is
2: about uh, Barnum. Yep. Uh, P, is it PJ? P.T. P-t, uh, P-t, P-t Barnum. Barnum, right? PT Barnum and what we know of now is Barnum and Bailey Circus. Yep. But the origin of this is a man, PT Barnum, and yep. he's in like the early nineteen or yeah, early 20s probably 19, early 20th century. The 30s, and w- his life of how did the circus come to be, yep. and w- what is the
1: people that are sort of associated with this would be. And Hugh Jackman is PT Barnum yep. does a fantastic yep. job. I thought I thought yep. he is a quality quality performance. Um, I'm I'm not a great movie critic. I'm just an amateur. So I don't know if he gets like, you know, best actor type stuff. Has but he was great. Actor. I thought it was wonderful. To get. Uh, his wife, Charity, I thought she was a new actor. I hadn't seen her before. And yep. uh, she, she did a wonderful job. And there's a number of other ones. But in this, it's the beginning of the Barnum and Bailey circus. And if you can imagine, a circus draws in all of humanity. And what we might call the oddities, right? The bearded woman... The the tallest man in the world um, The flying trapeze So here you have the gathering yeah, and she of she was
2: a black woman or a mulatto woman yep, uh, Both yep, white and, and black and, Exactly And, yep. and so
1: you, kind of the outcasts Are the gathering for the circus That P.T. Barnum begins And really at the heart of the movie Is um, The acceptance Of The communities That they enter into of them in their oddities Mm -hmm. does the community accept them or not and so there's this throughout the movie there's this theme of am i a part of the community am i am i one of the group even beginning with hugh jackman with with pt barnum who uh is born into a family that really is a servant's family to the rich wealthy family and he falls in love with the daughter of the estate owner correct yes and eventually he comes back and marries the girl takes her off and she runs away and they go have their life together but yet he's going to spend the rest of his relationship and his marriage and his life trying to make up for this hole that he has as a child of not fitting in or not being a part of the accepted culture of the time so jump into it why did you love it
2: (laughs) uh so many factors every they took seriously the multiple dynamics that are at play it was excellent cinematography the shots how they came in with the camera angles what they did um it was incredible the storyline was moved It had uh, highs and lows. It had crescendos. It brought things back from the beginning. I mean, I don't know what these literary things are called, but like something that began in the beginning, the house that they end up moving into was the same house that they had been. Like, there's something fascinating about that. Uh, So great storyline, the way in which they told it. Uh, The costuming was exceptional. Um, The acting was very, very good. Hugh Jackman it was like he was pt barnum uh the music i i was a bit i didn't know it was going to be a musical Oh so yeah. as it yeah, began yeah, yeah. i'm like this is a musical Uh-oh. and but when it was over i didn't didn't even phase me I was, and then i started thinking oh this is what musicals are There's like uh you know it's it was good. well
1: i i don't know if i'd say this is what musicals are but i'll have the same critique in that um I thought to myself as I'm watching it and they're singing one of the songs that I still would go out of it and I would not say that it was a musical Yeah. in the sense that it was a movie um, in which there was a musical component to it. It it wasn't like uh, there was the one that I, one of the last ones my wife and I went to, I forget what it's even called, where it was a literal musical. They sung through the whole thing. And after some point, it's just not my thing. After some point, I'm like, yeah. I could leave it i won't I won't go yeah. watch it again, I will go watch that again, yes, uh, and i don't I wouldn't call it a musical, although yes, it is a musical, and it had singing in it it didn't dominate uh the script, no,
2: and this is maybe what what I would say is this is why I'm like, no, that's a musical, like a musical doesn't sure. have to be something totally dominating when sure. the story's good, the acting's good the and their singing was incredible, yep uh and um, the the swan lady or whatever like that whole the whole dynamic of how he then went on this journey and it sort of consumed him so this yeah. this unique thing that this origin and this simple rooftop experience with his children right so he's with so his he's, children and his wife on the top of this roof and he's lost his job yep. and he m- takes this can filled with holes and he puts this light around it and he spins it and sort of like gives his children this magical experience in the midst of these sheets that are hanging on the rooftop yeah and this is sort of then it opens up and you the minute right there you see pt barnum and barnum and bailey circus and then how that consumes him and he ends up in this place so i just thought it had a
1: human experience
2: who doesn't have that experience
1: Nobody. I thought it, as as even even the basics of the young boy falling in love with the with the owner with the girl, like the reality is is that we all lay in bed like he did, yeah. thinking about the grand meta narratives, the grand narratives of life of love. Mm-hmm. Right, of greatness, wanting to be important, wanting to be on center stage, um, wanting to be significant and contribute, wanting to be accepted and loved. These are things that are a part of the human experience, and they did a masterful job of taking these narratives, entering them into the story or, or, or telling the story of P.T. Barnum in a way that allowed you to say, yes, I can connect with that. They're poverty. So here you have the rich woman. Who leaves her family and marries the poor guy, and they go off and have a family. And right when they leave, they first the se- the first scenes after they leave her home, and the and, and her father basically says, yep, you're mo- you're marrying the the poor boy. Good luck. Eventually, you'll be back." Um, they're walking in the streets of New York as they're they're do- they're singing. And he gets caught looking in the window of a restaurant, a wealthy restaurant, where there's a couple in there at a table, fine dining with their wine and everything else. And he's longing for it as Mm -hmm. he looks in the window. And she comes and pulls him away from the window. Symbolically, you can see the beginning of the struggle immediately, that he's going to spend his life seeking something which won't fulfill him Mm -hmm. which is actually not real she is going to spend her life helping him come to understand at some point that what it is that he seeks is not what she always had she had it her whole life Uh she's the one that grew up with in, in in the wealth and the riches in high society she left it all for what he had and that is he had a substance of reality but yet and that's where i think that 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 conflict mm-hmm. that they're able to to bring out there is fantastic there's there's a song in it where they say i don't know what i will be and and the line that follows it is that our future is our own it's what we will make it and she goes off and he goes off in two very different directions yes. of the life that they want to make. And it ends back at that point yeah. with her walking out on the marriage at one point mm-hmm. and saying, basically, what you've been trying to do to fill the hole in your heart, what you've tr- been trying isn't what we're looking for. It's not why I married you. I didn't. And, and she says, I, I, I can accept the risk I can accept all of these things but at the heart of it he's the one that needed the conversion and it, uh, it wow yeah. what a and spectacular, spectacular. And this is what I noticed
2: too is in the beginning it is that song and then it comes back at the end if I recall and it's that was, like, the beginning, I was like, no, not another movie about if you will it, it'll happen. Yep, yep. Pull yourself... You know, this is not what young people need. Like, they're already despairing because they don't know they don't have the answer. Uh, but at the end of it, then, after they go off their ways, they come back, and he starts... The song they start singing is something of the same, but it says... Uh, what you have is in front of you or something. Mm-hmm. I didn't write the words down. And it's this great gift to tell the whole world, like what you're looking for is possible, but you're going to find it in your path. The desire is beautiful, but if you only live in this, if you take your desire to the point of utopia, you're going to lose. If you take your desire and look for something in your path, you're going to discover something yep. opening up. Yep. And you don't make your path. You say yes to your path, you do work at it, but in the end, I can't change the fact that I was born in the north end of Sioux Falls. I have to accept that. Yep. From that acceptance, receiving yep. that, then I can make my next step that's given to me too. Mm-hmm. So there is dynamic that I'm involved, but I think sometimes we, we set people up to think I can make myself. Yep. That's not
1: true because we're fighting reality. Well, and that's Pelagianism, right? This yeah. is an ancient heresy of earning our salvation. Yes. Somehow, um, in the in the the previews to the movie I found the previews to the movie as interesting and uh and uh, ought to be critiqued as the movie itself there was a there was a movie coming out about that self will and it was um, a new movie coming out. I forget. Anyway, lo- long story short, it was about the fact that this young woman did it herself. Yeah, she did it. And I thought to myself, you know what? I got a critique on that. She didn't do it herself. <laughs> she had a lot of people, whatever it is that you're going to tell me she did or became. And, and it was used as a kind of a feminist women's power, you could see a social movement here, and that's great. I understand what they're doing and saying, but to try and create this idea that we did it ourselves is a false narrative of, of men that we like to trumpet, the self-made man. That's a false narrative, and it'll still be a false narrative if we flip it over in the modern age and make it into a woman and say yeah. that the woman can make herself. This, we can't. Yeah. And this is the, what the movie ends up cl- concluding on, right? Right is as they sit with the Barnum & Bailey building in Rumble, it it, It burns burns down, down, right? So the whole building burns down. They lose all of their investment. They have nothing. Everybody comes together with Hugh Jackman and all of his cast. And it's the climactic moment where you realize, all right, this isn't about one person, P.T. Barnum. This is about a community of people together as a family, that in relationship with each other have found great success. Yeah. And there's that kind of that magic moment. To me, the great beauty of the film was that I found two things in it. One, it engaged our imagination again. Mm-hmm. I love movies that engage the imagination. I think it's one of the things that the church has done poorly in its catechesis. Mm. I think we've failed to engage people's imagination. Two, is in doing that, it evokes from within and without the gift of wonder and awe. Like, you're fascinated. It, it moves you. you do, you're in the movie theater, but you're not on your phone texting, and you want to follow it. It, it. I think wonder and awe and the gift of the the engagement of the imagination are key to that narrative, to their storytelling. And I think that you could actually take and break that entire movie down into Christian Yeah. And and if, you know, I think that you could do it over the course of six series, you could break that movie up, and any parish, I think, would benefit. And I think Mm -hmm. people would come in droves to see a catechesis of The Greatest Showman because of that, because it's an interesting film. It's like the butterfly effect, right? The 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 butterfly circus. I thought about it the whole time. Our but The and, Butterfly Circus, if you're listening, was our movie of the month six months ago. I think ago it was the first so. one. The first one. Yeah. So
2: if you, and you can watch that online for free. And this was the one, um, well, I got a number of things. I want to, I want to offer one yep. clarification on what you mentioned about it's not about me or it's about the community is this is, um, this is kind of one of those things that you vacillate between one and the other, community versus individual, because it is about Hugh Jackman. Yes. Hugh Jackman was the one who went out and first was able to see in these people, even if it was right. I think it was rightly intentioned, but let's say, let's just say it was badly intentioned. He still was the one that went. Yeah. And so the Christian reality and the human reality is one in which it is about me. But the more I take the journey, the more I realize it's about someone other. And in that someone other, I see the community is what brings that otherness to me. The community is actually my gift and I need the other. Hmm. Uh, But it's through one that God reaches many. It's through you, Joe Rutten, that these young people in high school are going to encounter this incredible life. And their imaginations are going to be opened. If you had said no to Mount Marty, their imaginations would not be opened.
1: And if you would have said no to the bishop, Harrisburg might be without its dynamic community so it, that's you're just right. a balance the individual versus, versus the community
2: communal. and we can vacillate on one or the other but right it's down the middle. Both so and. that's what i think it was i was like wow hugh jackman and then i started thinking about myself and thinking like my life matters mm-hmm. well that moves me deeply to think that like my life really matters you're not just
1: a cog no. and this is the difference this is part of the the the, the prop that the fundamental problem with communism is that it sacrifices the individual for the collective. Yeah. Right? right? And so it's like somehow um I am only here at service of the of the group. And the, and that's not necessarily true. You are the center of all of creation. You're as a human person is in and, and around you God revolves these communities and these societies. So you do matter as an individual, but no person is an island. You are born into relationship with each other as a family, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is why we would say that the family is the image of God, and it also is the smallest unit of of human society. And if the family is broken, it will cause ripple effects on all other societies. Well, everybody always says, well, there's a million social problems out there. You want to know what? You want to trace all social ills today, trace it back to the brokenness of, of the human family. Yeah, I I don't even need research. Just go find it. The research is out there, I'll tell you. It's unbelievable when you look at uh, uh, the brokenness of humanity and our inability as people without the Christian narrative to try and problem-solve that brokenness. Yeah. And, and that's what happens in this movie, is they solve the problem of the brokenness in with each other, in relationship mm-hmm. to each other, without sacrificing each other in So the then this of it.
2: brings us to the question of, what's the relevance of Christ? Because this movie doesn't say anything about Jesus. This movie has nothing to do with Jesus. Okay? So if I watch this, I could think, oh yeah, I don't need, I don't need to go to Mass. I don't need your guys'... Christian stuff. This is the question that I kept asking as I was watching this. Show me where this happens in fact. In my life. Okay? Because I can have the ideal and then just live in the ideal, but then if I'm a high school student I go to school and I'm destroyed in front of my differentness and the fact that people don't accept me, or I'm um, unable to accept somebody else's brokenness, when you can show me it in fact, I think then you end up at Christianity, And you can find it. And search, not everybody lives Christianity in its fullness, and you'll find the same problems there. We're just as human as everyone else. But I can show you people who love people they never did before. I can show you the event of somebody realizing they belong. I remember this high school kid. I would say, I don't even know if he felt like he didn't belong or not, but he came to this... Uh, group that we were doing, and started reading some things and looking at his own life. And he was he was in his house one day, and all of a sudden he had this recognition that what he was reading was happening to him. His judgment immediately he had this experience that I belong. And he, I didn't have to tell him. I didn't even know he didn't feel like he belonged. And he felt like, and he still wasn't like better friends with people there. He had the experience that changed him. He was reborn. And this is what I find one of the things in the movie is this idea of rebirth that Hugh Jackman needs to be have a rebirth, right? He needs a place where mercy allows him to begin again. Unless you be
1: born again.
2: Yeah, and each of these people need a rebirth. They've already been born once. They need a moment in which they realize, ah, I belong. Ah, someone loves me. Ah, someone uh, has a plan for my life. And in the end, I want to see, though, that that's a fact. And I think if we look for it in the event of life, we'll end up at Christianity. If we stay as it's only a movie or an idea, we'll actually see people still despair. People can watch this movie and actually not have anything better in their life happen. Or watch the movie and then they're terrible to all the different people. Christianity is, Lord, I don't want to be terrible to those people, change me. And in our experience, we realize the spirit opens us, and I'm like, wait, I used to not like that person. Now I do. How did this happen to me? And uh, with that, I think, we find this dimension. Uh, and not to say enough about, or not to miss, Zach Ephron, Okay, I didn't even know he was... The actor in the movie until somebody else brought. Do you know?
1: I, I have no idea who Zach Efron is. So
2: I guess Zach Efron is like this teen heartthrob oh. and an old teen heartthrob or something. And somebody's he like Zach Efron. I'm like Zach Efron's in the movie. Yeah, he's the second guy. And I was interested. I realized if you've been a teen heartthrob, to continue in that journey of life, you need a rebirth. You can't stay the teen heartthrob all the way through. Zach Efron had to remake himself as a serious actor. From this movie on, Zac Efron has a new beginning. And that's a real thing, too. And so I can see in our own lives, people who have had mistakes in the past or had an identity of something different in the past need an opportunity to begin again. I mean, think about your own life or my own life, right? If people knew us 20 years ago, would they think we'd be sitting Uh, here? No. (laughs) This, then, points to Christ.
1: uh, there's, we could go on forever, <laughs> forever. Uh, you know, the the interesting thing about the rebirth piece that you just mentioned. So you're you're trying to say, all right, we all have to be reborn, kind of type of a deal. Uh, um, they do this in a negative way too. This is if you look at Britney Spears and these people, they all started as musketeers. Ah. And what yes. they do is they reborn the, the the girls. They rebirth them um, in a very negative way. In their sexuality so what happens is they'll take and then once they make the rebirth they remake them as a sexual woman and it happens time and time again it's called the midriff woman now i never knew what a midriff was but i guess that's your belly your, your stomach so you watch these girls when they make their rebirth all of a sudden what happens is is the mousketeer becomes a dancer and a singer and they open up their midriff Mm-hmm. And so it exposes their, their sexuality is the movement that, and you look at them now, I just watched the, the new year's Eve party the other night on, on TV and they had Britney Spears on. I'm like, my God, look at what she is wearing. How am I supposed to watch this with my girl, with my boys or girls? How am, she's not wearing anything and she's up there do, doing her thing. Like I'm telling you, that is all about sexuality Everything about what she's doing there, right? And you look at all of the popular music, and you they rebirth them, particularly for the girls. They rebirth them as through through their power, as their sexuality. The guys, they rebirth them in, in popular culture, um, as as um, as kind of the oh, what's the as as the as dummies. They're not smart, they're not problem solvers, they, they're, they're clumsy, they're goofballs. Oh, and Arrested development is what they do for guys. Mm-hmm. The Peter Pan syndrome, they don't grow up. So all, you look at guys and what, you know, like the most popular sport, the most popular entertainment for guys that are 30 years old is? No. Fake wrestling. WWE wrestling. Uh. For grown men arrested development they don't grow up and so you look our 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 marriage rates are getting later and later are we men take responsibility later and later in life now i got married at 30 so i'm throwing a rock at a glass house here right but i lived this i i as well know that i can avoid responsibility easily if i'm not held accountable so our women our girls we rebirth them in modern culture that their powers their sexuality and boys we rebirth them into arrested development the peter pan syndrome that they don't grow up
2: i don't want to take this too far down a rabbit hole but i just read an article about silicon valley and the problem of sexual predation and these like these tech giants are having like I don't even want to describe what's going on. But it's these two people. It's people who are the nerds, right? They're saying basically it's people who, when they were younger, weren't that kind of a person. And then they're taking advantage of these younger women in the tech industry. Uh, And so this whole issue of Harvey Weinstein and all of this stuff... There are some places they're talking about it. The problem is we have commoditized sexuality. Yes. So the same people that are landblasting all of the things that are happening, need, we need to look at its origin. Is it that we have reduced the human person in a way that isn't whole? We've placed sexuality as something that sells, something that moves us, and then we can get what we want. And I think the difference of rebirth is, does the rebirth make you more of a human person or less? Does it account for more More of who we are or less? And you can see the rebirth you're talking about reduces a woman to her sexuality or a man to his... Uh, stupidity or even yeah. to a man to his sexuality and the rebirth well, of to the his other brut- one brutish right brood- they become bruteness. brutes they- and so for the the Christian it's a rebirth to the whole of me and the sexuality doesn't disappear but it takes a right place and and my intellect takes a certain place and my virtuousness takes a certain place and my weaknesses begin to become more open because I have mercy and I know myself and uh, and I, from that then I grow this is rebirth as a Christian is I know that I am loved and because of that I am changed
1: you know the uh, cartoon Popeye Mm -hmm. what's the villain's name Brutus (laughs) right and what does he do he's always out to steal the Popeye's is a Penelope yeah he's always out to steal her and then he carries her off just like uh, just like King Kong yeah right So guys are reduced, right? We reduce them to the brute. And Aristotle would call that the vice Mm -hmm. of, of, of men, that they become brutes. And I think that we would be wise as a culture to really take a greater assessment of this. But the problem is is that we get into camp, cultural camp warfare when we do this, Mm -hmm. right? We get into left and right, the different sides of the aisle. How do we address these issues in a way that helps us wake up and say, you know what? At the center of this thing is the family, and we're raising our children. And if we just raise them and just let them be raised, we might end up with brutish men, brutish boys, and sexualized women, Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to raise both of them with dignity and respect and virtue. And that's ultimately what, as Christian communities, we propose to this culture of death, is that yeah. we're made for more. We're made for something different than what the world is offering to us. But yet, in the middle of it, we are broken.
2: Yeah, and I, so I would say to to kind of encapsulate this is to be able to see in our experience what it is that's in this movie is a helpful way to yeah. to grow and dialogue and gain it because you could see this utopianly yep. or you could really see it's happening and, and engage with this and one of the places I think he said that is they say uh comfort is the enemy of progress. Yep. Uh I really, I really love that because I've looked at my own life and seen that when I have comfort, I actually don't grow. And so I've learned to say, ah, in front of Harrisburg I got a lot of discomfort this is a good thing because time and time again, I realize on the other side of it, I turn out more virtuous. I turn out more in need of Jesus. I turn out more aware of the world. Awesome. And so that when it said it, uh, I could also think, well, comfort is the enemy of progress. Well, but I thought the Christian is supposed to like find peace and okay. Well, maybe peace and comfort are different things.
1: And Oh, absolutely. I say, I've always said that wealth, wealth, brings comfort and you think about it it it's it's very true you're comfortable and and there's a lot of things that happen with when you gain wealth that bring all kinds of problems just ask people that are wealthy they'll say yes Uh there's all kinds of problems that come with it well part of it breeds from that comfort when we take a look at uh the just just transition in here you to to end on that great point i believe it's in the movie they make An analogy to the strongest of swords is made through fire, right? So that when you're, so so that's it, right? So when we enter into this, the brokenness of life, that we can come out the other side and we can become better and stronger Mm -hmm. in who God created us for. It. Let's get back to the reviews. We got to wrap this thing up here in a few minutes. What is what did you give it for a review, Father John? (laughs) I've got what I think you gave it. I gave it. Eight. oh man I thought for sure you were stoked jacked up and I thought you were gonna give it a nine I thought you uh-huh. were I thought you wanted to give that thing the the mm-hmm. the movie of the Year award and uh, give it a Golden what did you Globe give it? Or Oscar I gave it an eight
2: you did you're the one that online on Facebook was going crazy over it I yeah. thought for sure you gave
1: it A nine. I'm also a realist. (laughs) So there you go. We're twins. We both thought the other
2: one gave it a nine. And And we're a little more practical than where our idealism exudes. Well, and I gave it an eight. This is the reason I, I didn't give it a nine. I think the butterfly has a more complete proposal. I love in the butterfly circus when the lead character, the guy who has no feet falls over in the water and the lead character kind of says to him you know you'll figure it out and he walks past because in 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 that scenario the person is responsible in a sense to Mm. discover their identity and I thought in this that dynamic it it isn't that it couldn't have been a part of it, but the butterfly circus really articulated that I am responsible. Yes, I someone just coming in and telling me, "Oh, you're worth it. Oh, you have gifts. Oh, that doesn't change me." Or, or and I that, have to discover I have a gift.
1: There's something in me that struggles with the the social justice aspect of going into the room and telling everybody else that they're all bigots and telling them that they have to change. Yeah, the, the, this this, it, I understand what the, what the point. The Butterfly Circus does a better job of saying the problem isn't outside of me. The problem is within me. Yeah. The problem with the bearded woman isn't that the other people won't accept her. The problem with the bearded woman is that she doesn't accept herself. Yes. And once you accept yourself, then you're able to enter into that room with dignity. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to walk into the room pointing out everybody else's faults because you yourself understand your own faults but are accepting of your own dignity. There's a little bit of that give and take. I think you're right. The butterfly circus says, I've got the problem. I've got the brokenness that I need to fix. So can I, can I offer a fuller synthesis of that, that
2: I do then discover that something in me changes and it oftentimes comes by meeting someone that can look at me differently. But I have to say, what is it about that person that allowed them to look at me? And I begin to discover Christ who is still in flesh. Mm. So what changes me is meeting Jesus. This gives me a new ability to look at myself and then look at the world. And Jesus comes through a person. So it is a human dynamic, but uh, I love that the butterfly circus leaves leaves the person so much a part of that journey, Mm -hmm. but gives them a place they can enter into if they want. You know they're there. Whereas with this one, I kind of I would have given it a nine, had it had more of that effect. Like, uh, but it was yeah. an excellent movie.
1: Yeah, I've always got something. It, it, even even to the idea that it makes it seem like all of the rich aristocratics are bigots and in the bad guys, and then all the poor people are the good guys or the broke. Well, you know what? Poor people can be just as judgmental and broken and negative as yeah. as a as a, as a person of wealth. And um, do we all have our own? challenges that's why for me i i like to see it as an internal uh struggle i don't know i didn't see it with the rest of the cast hugh jackman had that right he Mm -hmm. represented that personal coming to and then he was able to pass the baton off step back and then he could be in the crowd at the end of it and he could watch the show that he created yeah but not Wasn't the star of. Yes, and this was the beautiful moment. I think the redeeming,
2: well, there was a lot of redeeming moments. I loved the moment when Hugh Jackman gave the center stage to the next character, Zac Efron, and then he went back and he sort of observed. Because this is the fullness of the story is we are called, we are chosen, we have a gift to give, and that gift is only fully given when we are able to step back and allow someone else to take that place then. And it was a beautiful way in which I thought modern people can re-enter their life and begin looking again with hope.
1: It was outstanding. We're grateful to everybody out there. If you're listening or watching, uh, you can do so at any time. You can get old episodes, new episodes. Jump on the Lamb Catholic Radio's website to find those archived episodes. We're grateful for your time and for your listening. You can get your shirts or mugs or all those fun things online as well. Jump onto the Facebook page, Rutten Radio. Like it and you can follow along. We look forward to joining you next month. And I think we could close out with our family prayer father john
2: in the name of father son and holy spirit our father we thank you for your love and for your your many blessings especially especially for for the precious
1: precious gift of each each. other help Help us to show show our gratitude gratitude by loving each other other as you love us make Make us us understanding understanding and patient with one another quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness forgiveness. generous in sharing the joy and strength strength we can give each other Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you planned for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care, preserve us from the corruption of the modern world, and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen.
0: You've been listening to Rutten Radio live on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network, brought to you in part by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. Be sure to tune
4: in next month for more Rutten Radio.